happy Mother's Day to all the mothers listening. I know there's a lot of you. Happy Mother's Day specifically to my mother and to my mother-in-law and, of course, to my beautiful wife, Sister G. You know, some people think I call her Sister G because of Sister Gleason. And commonly, that's really what what it's associated with. But really, Sister G stands for gorgeous. That's right, Sister Gorgeous, who is the mother of our two precious children. And also, baby number three, due this coming November. So she is a blessed mother to be expecting. On this Mother's Day 2021, I want to talk today about wedding day healthy relationship. I just got the revelation the other day, actually not the other day, uh, it was a couple years ago, I was watching uh, TV and these commercials came on for these dating apps, like matchmaker apps, you know, places to find, you know, somebody, you know, you, I guess you put in your, who you are, what you look like, what your interests are. And through a computer program, it generates people that are, uh, similar or looking for somebody like you. And then you meet up and bam, you know, sparks fly. And I just, <laughs> I knew, I knew those things really, chances are they're not going to work just based upon all of the artificial smiles. Of course, they're all actors on those things, but the way it was presented in the message, these girls would come on there, like the real people would come on there and they would say, I finally found a real relationship. I am now finally in a healthy relationship (laughs) and that's and that's how they're selling it and i thought no you're not the real relationship and the health healthy relationships are made by god it's the ones where god ordains it it's the ones where god brings it together from the first moment you meet to the first talk and you tell each other how you feel to your engagement your wedding day and then your marriage, the rest of your lives. And of course, being joint heirs together for the resurrection that is to come that Peter talks about in the New Testament. And I was a youth pastor for a long time and an associate pastor for a long time. And I'm and I'm knocking on the door of 40. I still have some friends that are single. I still talk to a lot of people that are single. It's not like I got married and ooh, now all of my friends can be married. No, I... I love single people. And if you're called to be single and there is a calling to be single, uh, don't tune out here. Who knows? You could be married or maybe not. Maybe you're called to be single for a lifetime. But then again, you know, uh, you may have kids, you know, that need to hear this stuff or a friend that needs to hear this stuff or a sibling or somebody that needs to hear this stuff. This is uh, Bible doctrine and personal wisdom from me, from what I've observed, what's been revealed to me through the Holy Ghost. And, uh, you know, just in general things that I have observed and something that's really cool. I think about podcasting is I'm seeing it. I'm just seeing couples 
I can, you know, glance down and look what's on their phones and looking at what's on social media. I am telling you right now, it used to be songs that would bring couples together. That's right. You know, back in the 90s, it was, the, <laughs> you know, these R&B love songs, you know, that, you know, kids would be playing on their tape player. And, you know, if the guy really was into the girl, he'd make her a mixtape. Hey, those were real. I never made one. I never made anybody a mixtape. If anything, I made my own mixtapes. <laughs> but guys and girls would play these mixtapes and, you know, uh, feelings would develop. Well, nowadays, it's not that way. You know what I think is going on? It's podcasts. Once skating rinks used to clear out the rink and say, couples only, couples only. And they dim the lights and turn on the mirror ball. And it became really sparkly and so uh, magical. And they'd play, you know, some kind of love song. A country song, an R&B song, a song like this. And couples would get out there and, and, you know, skate. And, you know, you had the married couples out there. Oh, how sweet. You know, you had the engaged couples. Well, then you had the 13 and 14-year-old couple who get out there awkwardly because they have feelings for each other. Well, you know what? I think the skating rinks are about done with that. They're just going to start playing their favorite podcast and say, couples, get out here and skate right now. That's right. It used to be, you know, a guy and girl be on a date in a car, you know, and he'd turn on a song, you know, at the at the right moment, at the most romantic place, you know, on the route from from A to B. And, you know, in hopes that all of a sudden that song would make that girl just completely uh, fall in love with him. It, it doesn't work anymore. It used to. I, I just don't think music has that effect <laughs> On people, people generally don't want to listen to music when they want to fall in love. They they listen to music when they want to break up. That's right. Everybody, breakup songs are more popular nowadays than uh, makeup songs. Okay, and and people listen to music when they're angry. They do. They listen to music when they're angry. Sometimes when they're bored, when they're lonely, uh, when they're stressed, and oftentimes when they're trying to be uh, productive. And and then of course for us. Uh, people in, in church, we listen to music to worship the Lord too, which is the best music, by the way. But yeah, the romantic music is kind of becoming a thing of the past. You know what I think is replacing it? It is podcasts. It sure is. I'm telling you right now it is. And, and you know, the day may even come when people aren't even having wedding songs anymore. They have wedding podcasts. And especially would you know, you think about this. Dating is already awkward enough. It's already very uncomfortable, you know, to open up and tell a person how you really feel. And when you have feelings, for, especially for guys, it's difficult to find words, you know, when you have, when your heart, you know, goes after a, you know, beautiful apostolic lady that you, that you just, that you're just falling in love with. It's difficult to talk. Sure is. And it's a good thing. Girls, if, if he's that way, that is a good thing. It's a sign he doesn't have a massive ego. Uh, It's a sign also that he doesn't have an anger problem, by the way. Uh, Just so you know, don't be turned off by that. Don't say, oh, he has no confidence. Uh, No, he's got all the confidence in the world, but he is really just swept away with you. So it's kind of hard to talk when you're swept away. So uh, remember that, you know, when you're making those, uh, trying to make judgments off those first impressions. But yeah, love songs are awkward worship music gets people in the mood for church, but not a relationship. You know, when you're on a date, you know, or, (laughs) 
you're driving down the street, you know, listening to James Wilson or Draylen Young or Brian Pound or any of them, <laughs> Anthony Tremble, <laughs> you know, uh, you, yeah, you're just not doing it. And uh, I, I guess if you're wanting to have church, that's fine. But typically when you're on a date, you're not wanting to have church. You're wanting to have a relationship. Well, forget the love songs. There's a spirit behind them anyway. You don't want them. You know what you need? You need this podcast. Kick on this podcast. I'm being serious. I'm not trying to make you laugh. I know probably some of you are right now because you know I'm right. Love music, relationship music is awkward. Music nowadays is geared towards negative emotions. It's either negative emotions or worship. That's how it is. But podcasts, I think, are generating uh, interests. I think it's bringing people together. It's no longer a solidarity enjoyment. It's becoming a couple's enjoyment. So maybe you're listening to this right now and you're uh, going on a youth outing with your youth group. Yeah, you're, you're in it. I can see it now. You're in the, the church van, Ugh. the church van. God bless them. And guy, you're in the front row. You've got your, your earphones on and the girl you like, I mean, is right behind you. You can hear her giggling and laughing with your friends and you're wondering, how am I ever going to talk to her? You know what you need to do? Don't make it about you. Make it about your pod and turn around and say, hey, I think you would really like to hear this. You're going to get her interest and she's going to listen to Justin Gleason, hear his voice, hear him talking about relationships. She's going to think it's funny and you two are going to share a laugh together. Then you're going to start talking about healthy relationships. And before you know it, you have a change in your relationship status and it ultimately leads to a wedding day. That's right. Now, I, I'm I'm for the guy making the moves. I'm for the guy making the initial first step. But sometimes, girls, you know that guy, he's made only a half step and you got to meet him halfway. I believe in that. And maybe you're at a hyphen event right now and, and you're a lady listener to this. And uh, that really super hot, delicious man is across the room at your hyphen hangout. Maybe try walking over there. Take out one of your earbuds and give him the other one and stick it in his ear and let him hear this. And maybe finally he'll realize, you know what? I can open up. I'm not going to look like a fool. I will not get my heart broken. Uh, God is bringing us together. I'm just telling you right now. I know we think, oh, it's COVID. You know, we're in a state of emergency. And if I'm going to get married in this time, you know, you can't do the traditional means. Uh, uh-uh, We're coming out of this. We really are. And I'm, I'm telling you this. Your relationship is not going to begin with social media likes or little hearts. It's not going to happen with tags and stories. You need God to help make this happen. You need a God thing. You know, we trust the Lord with our salvation. We trust the Lord with our college decisions, with our career decisions, with our major decisions. You need to have him in your decisions with who you date, who you get engaged to, who you uh, do the wedding day with and who you who you're married to you got to have the will of god in all of these aspects so yeah podcast are leading to a great wedding day you're here to listen and i'm here to talk this is justin c gleason bringing you the message of god bible and church in the year of our lord 2021 please subscribe become a loyal listener, give a great review and rating, and share this episode with your friends. Scroll down and reference the episode notes for my contact and social media information. In your car, we could drive. 
Okay, we have uh, an announcement. Uh, a few changes that are coming to this podcast, and, and they happen. Nobody starts and you know never changes anything. You know, maybe a few podcasts out there, but ones that are really after it, ones that are on a regular basis. Just times change, your audience changes, you change, everything changes. And something that we're going to be changing around here is our name. That's right, we are going to have a name change. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is because I still don't know. I, I, you know, I'm I'm better at the talking portion of this. I don't understand the technical uh, part about this, the settings, the accounts, all that. I have somebody else that does this for me. And the name change, it's it's kind of a new area and there's not really a lot of information on out there on how to do it. But uh, it may not even happen, but we're going to try to do it sometime in the next few weeks. And it, it may, you know, take a while to process because all podcasts uh, go through some sort of vetting process. You know, they, they clear out the junk and they only put, you know, the good stuff, quote unquote, good stuff out there. So we'll go through a vetting process and I don't know how long it'll take, if it could even happen, whatever. But uh, just be looking for my for my name, Justin C. Gleason. Just just keep an eye out for that. Don't If all of a sudden spirit signal disappears, don't think it's disappeared. It's just kind of taken on a little bit of a name change. But yeah, it just look for Justin C. Gleason and you'll uh, you'll be safe. We'll be there for you. So you're asking, my goodness, Spirit Signal, why are you changing the name? Well, for a few reasons. I was uh, watching TV again. You know, it's amazing how much you can learn with watching yummy TV. And uh, I was channel surfing and I, I started watching a ghost hunter show. I have never watched an episode of a ghost hunter show. I watch it for 20 seconds and I'm like, this is ridiculous. You know, these people that, you know, are clueless about the spirit world. But let me tell you, I was watching these two dudes out there and they had these little tools that they made and a little bit of this and that. And I could just tell by the home that they were in that home was haunted. I I could just feel it. I just knew it in the Holy Ghost. There are devils living in that house. And you know what these guys kept saying to each other? Hey, I'm getting a spirit signal right here. And their little machine would go. And I'm like, you know what? That that is not fake. That's real. That is real stuff. I I just knew it. And for those of you that are sensitive to that, that, you know what I am talking about. But they kept saying a spirit signal. And I'm like, oh, the podcast. Wait a minute. No, it's not about, (laughs) about Justin Gleason there. There is no Jay is here to to talk and we're here to listen. No, it was about finding uh, ghosts. And I, I looked it up and sure enough, ghost hunters use that term. Spirit signal. Well, I don't want to be associated with that. And you know, if you think and I knew this going into it, I, I typically when I preach, I don't use the word signal. I use the word signs. That's the biblical term. You don't really hear the word signal. And signs and signals, really, by definition, there is a difference in our English language. Signs is a better word. So signals are kind of, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. Signals are just kind of like a, hey, this is what you need to do. Signs are rather uh, where you need to go, but also who really is in control. 
signs of what is really real. Like the, the sign of speaking in other tongues is, is not a sign that you're great and powerful. It is a sign you're spirit filled, but really it's a sign that Jesus is Lord because no other God can do that. So signs is a more of a, an appropriate biblical term, more of what we talk about signs. So, so for that, for those main reasons, we got, we got to do a, a change by, by association. Another thing that somebody pointed out to me who really knows what they're talking about, the name Spirit Signal is a copyrighted song by, by a musical artist. It is a copyrighted song, a nice song, and uh, a popular song. That could get me in trouble someday. So th- those are two big reasons by association, and then possibly I could you know, face uh, some some serious censorship because of that if if that artist ever wanted to come after me so another reason uh getting more into podcasting culture you have basically two types either you have co-host with multiple talkers going on or you have a monologue okay which one am i it's monologue it, it is mostly me this is me and, a, and occasionally phenomenal guests I don't have a co-host. I don't do co-anything. I work alone when it comes to this stuff. I don't have a producer with me in the office. It's just just me, God, and uh, the feeling I get here when I just look out and see in my in my mind's eye hundreds of you listening to this right now. Soon to be thousands. Some of our episodes, uh, actually quite a few of our episodes in the thousands. We are approaching a, a regular audience in the four digits. Okay, but I'm here alone. It's just me. And you look at podcasts out there, the best ones that are a monologue podcast. Do they have a name or use their actual name? They use their actual name, don't they? They do. And so I want to fit that pattern. I want to fit that culture. Okay. So a name change is not bad. You know, Jesus changed people's names to to fit you know, because back then names meant something. Nowadays, you know, America, our names don't mean anything. So, but uh, I know what my name means, by the way, Justin Siegles, and it's a great name. Justin is a is the Irish uh, derivative of the Latin name Justinian. So Justin, Justinian, Justinian. And Justinian was taken from Justus in the Latin. And it, it means uh, one who is upright, you know, one is up who is upright. Yes, it does mean justice, you know, the court term and all of that, a big, you know, thing in conversation right now. But it's one who who pursues righteousness, one who pursues the right thing. And I have certainly done that in my life. Charles is uh, kind of iffy in the actual name, but it's it, it's an an ancient English name. And it simply means a man, a man, Charles, a man. And Gleason, Glee is also, uh, it's not really certain, but the best term that, you know, some people say Glee, Gly, the ancient Gallic language, it meant green. A lot of people that lived in, you know, in the green fields, green pastures, they were simply known as green. Uh, then others, uh, Glee is, a, is an ancient term for a male vocalist, you know, a, a man who was a performer, a singer. And, uh, pff, and if you know anything about the Gleason family, that has stuck. I mean, that's been passed down from generation to generation. It means a male vocalist. Well, I don't sing. I could probably get voice lessons 
and really get a good thing going. And, and if I'm in a choir and somebody next to me knows what they're doing, I can, I can carry the tune. Now, I'm a drummer and a bass player, not really much of a singer. Every other guy in my family is an amazing singer, but I, I, I don't have a singing voice. I have a podcasting voice. One of my, one of my biggest compliments on the show is you got that pod voice, man. It's great. So, but, uh, so my name means a good thing and we're bringing that, uh, a righteous man with a male voice. <laughs> That's what my name means. Justin Charles Gleason. And, uh, <clears throat> so my dad loved the name, Justin. He gave me that name. He chose that name for me in uh, 1982 when I was born. Charles is, I'm named after a great man. Uh, my, my mother's father, my grandfather, Charles R. Dyson named after a great man. So I want to be sure to to have that initial there uh to to represent him very proud of that and of course gleason my my family name uh come from a long line of, of great men great men my father stan gleason my grandfather wendell gleason great grandfather turner gleason list goes on great men so I'm, I'm proud of that name it's a great name and you know i've i started traveling again this year and everywhere i went Everywhere I've gone, people have come up to me, like 10 to 15 people, and said, I listen to your podcast. I'm a loyal listener. And not one of them say Spirit Signal. You know what they all say? Justin Gleason. I love your podcast. I tell everybody about Justin Gleason's podcast. And I I just look at people that share this stuff on social media and talk about it. Nobody says Spirit Signal. I I think it's like almost a tongue twister. Nobody thinks of it. When they think of this podcast they don't think of a spirit signal they think of justin gleason you know because we identify with who's talking by their name so when you come here are you thinking about a spirit signal are you thinking about justin gleason okay so it's it's justin gleason it's just naturally our names okay so uh yeah if you are a pod if in your podcast library you organize based alphabetically you're no you're no longer probably going to see me in the s you're probably going to see me in the J. Okay, but then again, with this name change, there there may be, we might put a the in front of it or something podcast after. I'm, I'm not sure. It might just be Justin C. Gleason. We'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So another thing that's going to change is our cover art. The uh, the uh, Dove Tower cover art, you know. Um, I've never <laughs> had anybody... <laughs> I've had maybe two or three people say, well, more than that, talk about the graphic. But, you know, podcasting is not a visual experience. You really don't, nobody cares what it looks like. It's what it sounds like. But uh, that Dove Tower, that's not a, you know, the Dove Tower is a theme we've talked about, but it's not a permanent logo for me at, at all. You know, we'll we'll talk about that stuff here and there later on. The Spirit Speaking, it's a common theme that we bring to our wide range of God, Bible, and church topics, but you'll see a different cover art. And, you know, in the last 18 months, uh, the voice of the spirit has been a common theme and we have truly fulfilled what that, what that graphic means. But I feel the Lord, uh, bringing us into a different direction. And it really is more, you know, a dove is gentle, the gentle voice of God. That's commonly how God talks. But I feel in the next, I don't know, 18 months, two years, it's not going to be gentle much. It's going to start getting louder. Uh, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. God's voice is going to thunder out of Zion. 
and it's going to get loud and obvious in this world what God is wanting to do. And so when you see the cover art, you're going to think loud. You're going to think sound. And you're going to think noise. I'm really, really excited about it. So that's the news. Podcasting is the future. talking about the wedding day healthy relationship everybody needs to be able to tell their wedding day story and to do that it has to be memorable and it has to be special it has to be something very peaceful and very sweet and very pleasant and if you want to have a good wedding day you know what you sow is what you reap Good decisions, good decisions lead to more good decisions. Bad decisions lead to more bad decisions. What I'm saying is if you date correctly, you get engaged correctly, you're going to have a correct wedding day and it's going to lead to a great marriage. So uh, my wedding day is special. I, lo- I loved my wedding day. You know, it all began with the talk. Sister G and I met. July 12th, 2008, and started talking. Started talking a lot. It was a long-distance relationship. A lot of phone calls, a lot of texts, Facebook messages, and, of course, a lot, a lot of handwritten letters. October 2008 came, and we finally had the talk, and I, I opened up to her about how I felt. She opened up to me about how she felt, I then opened up to her about, I don't know the future, but this is what I hope it looks like. This is, you know, what I hope, and but this is what I doubt. And she, and you know what? Uh, Sister G really helped me with my doubts during that time. And then as the conversation went on, my mind was recalled to a word that the Spirit spoke to me in the altar in 2005, and it was a confirming word that she was the one, and, you know, it was settled right there. You know, we could, we could have gotten married, you know, by Thanksgiving and it would have all been wonderful. Well, you just can't do that, especially when you're young. You know, uh, I was uh, 27 when I got married. Sister G was 22. I mean, goodness, that almost still feels young, but it was perfect for us. And, you know, it's perfect for you. You know, a lot of it's generational and, and cultural and things like that when it comes. But, um, you know, we, we did the dating right. We got the talk right. We were in agreement with each other about it. We then got the blessing of our parents and got the blessing of our pastors. I showed up at her house at 6 a.m. on September 25th, 2009. She was walking out of her house to get into her car to drive to Kansas City to come visit me. But I was there in the street with a bunch of roses, a beautiful coach purse, and the ring she wanted, and I got down on my knee, and I asked her, can you find it in your heart to be my wife? And she said yes. So uh, the dating was good, the talk was good, the blessings were good, the engagements were good. Uh, we, didn't, we then did the pre-marriage counseling. Uh, this was uh, really the days before a lot of the Zooms and stuff, so a lot of things were done in person or over the phone. 
But what I did was, you know, my dad is my pastor and I, you know, it'd be kind of awkward to have him do our pre-marriage counseling. So her pastor did our pre-marriage counseling and it was excellent. Uh, Tom Andrews, her pastor has some phenomenal content and ideas about marriage. And I just remember him really driving it into both of us that this is a commitment. This is a covenant. This is a set of rules and guidelines that you both are going to agree to live by. And you're just going to do it. Whether you feel like it or not, you're just going to do it. And I, I liked that. I really did. That's, that's how God lays it out in the Bible. So we did the pre-marriage counseling. And you know what? We did post-marriage counseling. We sure did. Another, another counselor, Dale Swarzler, here, uh, here in town. Phenomenal stuff. Re- very helpful. Uh, counseling is healthy. And I recommend that what I just what I what we did pre-marriage counseling and post-marriage counseling. And it's and it's all uh, surrounded leading up to your wedding day and very close after your wedding day. You know, because you're going to have two different types of crazies, <laughs> you know, that's what I call it. And crazy, you know, is, you know, is a, a wide open word, you know, that we use. But just life is stressful and com- losing your individuality and becoming one. There's. Uh, some parts about that that can be quite challenging in, in your mind and your heart and counseling will help prepare you for it. And it did. It certainly did. I, I highly, highly recommend that. Of course, the marriage books, uh, marriage podcasts, marriage videos, all of that stuff, study marriage in the Bible, get educated, get equipped with it. And you're, you're just going to have an amazing marriage. Uh, it's worked for us and it certainly can work for you. But I'm really talking about the wedding day. Your wedding day is very important. You know, you have a a birthday, you know, all of that. You have your graduation day, all of that. You need to have a nice wedding day. Your wedding day uh, is something that you'll always want to remember as something great and something special. The most special part for me on my wedding day was the vows and the pronouncement. And the reason for that is the Holy Ghost moved in that moment. I mean, everybody on the platform and the whole church could feel it. I mean, it was like, there was almost like, an, there wasn't an in tongues and interpretation, but you know that feeling you get right before a real tongues and interpretation? Not these dunces out there that are wanting to be seen and look spiritual, but I mean the real stuff, the real gifts of the spirit. All of a sudden, like a loud, powerful altar call just goes silent. And then the tongues and interpretation comes. That's what happened right before the vows. And I mean, I could hardly speak. I mean, tears are gushing out of my eyes. I could feel the presence of God. It was like the Lord was coming down, giving his blessing and his favor as we vowed our lives and souls and hearts to each other. And it even got stronger. Amen. When the pronouncement was made. So, uh, you got to have that. Now, of course, no wedding day is perfect. You know, it's the girl's day. It's her day. It's, it's her hopes and dreams. Guys, if you're engaged, you're planning a wedding. If she says, can we say yes, you get, you get the no out of your spirit. Say yes. Yes, we can do that. Yes, I can help you with that. Yes, we can get that done. You need to start saying yes to everything. Uh, girls, if, if a guy has a lot of hopes and dreams on his wedding days, there's a, it's a sure sign he's probably gay. I'm, I'm just saying that. G- wedding days are a girl's thing. Guys, not so much. 
uh, girl or guy, if you have in mind, your, you know, the tux you want, no, it's what she wants. I don't, I don't care if it is your tux. So I let Sister G plan the wedding and I did a lot of work and it was great. It was fun. You know, I, I, one of the things I really did was uh, help put together our guest invite list. And another thing that I was, and that went great, sort of. <laughs> I'll tell you about that here in a minute. There was actually two things that went wrong in our wedding. Now that I think about it, there was only two things that went wrong in our wedding. For, and they were the two things that I was in charge of. I was in charge of the guest list, and I was in charge of the getaway car. Uh, Sister G said, I don't want to have anything to do with this. You know, And when I say nothing to do with this, I was the one who put together the guest list, like the mailing part of it and, and keeping track of the RSVPs. That's what I did. She didn't do that. I did that. Now, she designed them. She got them printed. But I did the mailing out, and I kept track of the RSVPs. So I was really on top of that and the getaway car. Okay. Our wedding was a, a bigger wedding. Uh, just to click over 400 people came. And I remember during the wedding, now your wedding day is the fastest day of your life. You, It's like you, you look around like, whoa, they're here, they're here, they're there, they're there. You know, but you're really thinking about, you know, your spouse that you're getting married to in your future in life. But I had a great wedding day. So many friends came. It, it was so fun, you know, to be together on, on that day. It was so special and had a, a very large wedding party. The pictures looked great. The reception was right there, you know, down the hall from the sanctuary in the church. Great food, great time. You know, everything went great, but we had a, uh, uh, some wedding crashers in our wedding. We sure did. I thought wedding crashing was a joke. Oh, no, it is very real. And sure enough, we had this couple come in. I'm not going to say their name. God bless them. But they're, they're church hoppers in our section. And I took care of the guest list. And I know who was invited and who was not. And I knew they were not invited. They were not invited, but they showed up and they showed up dressed very inappropriately for a wedding. And for about 30 seconds, I just watched them walking around taking pictures of people of quote unquote status. You know, my family has been in Pentecost a long time. We're, we're a family of preachers, you know, and there was tons of preachers there, you know, very, very, uh, notable preachers in our fellowship and i saw these people taking pictures with them these wedding crashers and i've just observed these people through the years they do that they'll come up to you and take their picture and post it on social media as if you all are friends and then <laughs> then if you were to go up to that that preacher and say hey do you know such and such he'd say who and <laughs> you'd be like oh i saw you in their picture they're gonna say i was and that's what they do it's all a pretense to look popular and to look cool and a few people come up to me and they're like, you invited them? I said, no. They're like, do you want me to get security to get them out of here? And I said, no, don't do that. Let them have their fun. <laughs> and, you know, I forgot about it until, you know, weeks later after the honeymoon, we finally got out all the gifts that we got and started going through them, making notes on who to write thank you cards to. You know, we're checking off, you know, all the people we, we saw that actually you know, that RSVP and came and all that. We're checking it all off, counting how many people were there and all that stuff. And we got down to the end of it and I realized, okay, I did not send them an invite. They were not on the guest list. They crashed the wedding. And not only that, they didn't even give us a wedding gift. That's right. They came, They were wedding crashers. They came there for free food to look cool, to get a bunch of pictures and leave. <laughs> 
And we both laugh, but that's, that's kind of upsetting. You know, you feel taken advantage of. It's ridiculous. And, and these people, I was mad, but then I realized after talking to other people, they, they do this to everybody. They crash weddings. They crash events. They crash conferences. They crash churches. They, they're just that way. So, um, yeah, you might have a, a couple like that show up at your church. Uh, don't get angry. Just try to have a good time. So, the second, so yeah, I was in charge of the RSVP list. So, I guess that kind of went wrong. Secondly, the thing that went wrong was our getaway car. That's right. I was in charge of that. Something went wrong. It was a uh, Bentley, uh, a Bentley, a Rolls Royce Bentley from the 1950s. And we got married May 22nd, 2010. And let me tell you, it was hot that day. It, it got hot that afternoon. And that car overheated. I mean, God bless it. It's over 50 years old. <laughs> and the driver felt so bad. And they gave us a full refund and, and, a, and a gift card, you know, for, a, for another free rental and all that. But, but you know what? It was all right. Our getaway car turned out to be my dad's Lexus. So that was a nice ride. But it was great. And you know what? We got a bunch of really nice pictures around that car. Beautiful wedding pictures. Didn't have to pay a dime for it. So I, I guess it's kind of a, a blessing in disguise. <laughs> so those are the only things that went wrong. There could have been a lot worse go wrong. But that was it. But the thing that sticks out to my mind the most, number one, how beautiful my wife looked. Mm. Uh, we kind of had a vintage style wedding. She had one of those vintage wedding dresses, which I've thought was always hot ever since I was a little kid. You know, you see those old movies, brides get married. I, I just always thought that was so beautiful. 90s wedding dresses were hideous. We'll leave it at that. The 30s and 40s, that, that was an era of just romance in this country. The music, the way people dressed, the music, everything, uh, the way everything looked. Just absolutely Fantastic. You know, seeing my, my wife there for the first time, just my heart melted. And seeing her walk down that aisle, I cried when those doors flew open and she walked down that aisle. <sighs> yeah, I'm in love still. And your wedding day is the day you come together. Your wedding day is the day that you start your lives together. And it needs to be special and you need to have, have it surrounded by your friends and families. And most importantly, God needs to be present at your wedding. Something really spiritual happens at that wedding. It's when your union, your relationship, your marriage becomes sanctified. Sanctified marriage means a marriage that is blessed of God. To put it more plainly, you all cohabitating together, you all sharing life together, you all having marriage relationships, intimacy, SEX, to put it more plainly, all of that is not sin. It's sanctified. It's righteous. It's done God's way. It's, be, it's being recorded in the books of heaven concerning your life that you did it properly having a sanctified marriage. There's a lot of debates on when does that actually happen? When is the moment where God says, you're good? You are married in my eyes. You are husband and wife. When does that happen? 
Does it happen at the on the what? Does it even happen on the wedding day, or does it happen when you're engaged? You know, there's a lot of debates about that. You know, is is it when you're engaged? You know, is it when you first have a kiss? <laughs> is it okay? Is it on the wedding day? I'd like to think it's on the wedding day. It happens. It's not the engagement. It's not when you guys become official. You're not uh, sanctified whenever you change your status on social media. Oh God, it happens on your wedding day. So when does it happen? Is it, is it when uh, her her the the bride's father or her father figure or brother whoever you know they're doing that nowadays. Just because of absentee fathers, you know, it's kind of sad, but it, it works. Brother, uncle, anybody, man in the church. Does it work whenever the man, the father gives her away? Uh, d- is that when it's sanctified or is it sanctified with the unity candle or the unity sand? You know, is it, or what about the rings? Uh, you know, what about when they kneel down and pray the, 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 when they do the communion thing together? Is that is that when it's sanctified? Uh, what about the kiss in front of everybody? You know, is it when they sign the marriage license or perhaps the cake in the face? <laughs> After really studying this and what I've experienced and what I've observed, I really think a marriage is sanctified primarily when two things occur. And that is when the bride and groom pronounce their vows. And then when the man of God pronounces them husband and wife. That is when I think it happens. That's right. When you commit to be the husband and she commits to be the wife before God, before the witnesses and before the man of God, that's when the Lord says done deal. I've seen that. I've observed that because words are powerful. What you speak, what you feel in your heart, what you are going to do. That is how covenants are made in the New Testament. You know, Jesus said, don't swear, but rather let your yea be yea and your nay be name. And when you vow to be bound in marriage, lawful marriage, that is when the sanctification happens. You know, the scripture when uh, Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know what that is? That is really marriage language. Binding and loosing. Binding is the marriage. Loosing is the divorce. I'm not going to get into divorce really uh, much today. Just here in a little bit in a minute. Because I kind of feel it right now in that direction. But there is power in the man of God. What he can do in the spirit world and in the natural world, those who are who are anointed ministers of the Lord, what he can do, binding and loosing. And when the man of God has met with a couple, looked at their history, and decided from the word of God if this marriage is lawful or not. You know, that's why in the old days they used to, and maybe your church still does this, when they would have a, a, a wedding ceremony, the preacher would say, if there are any in this room that object to this marriage, speak now or forever hold your peace. They would do that because perhaps there was somebody that knew that person way, way back. And everything that they said is uh, not who they really say they are. Maybe they had a marriage, you know, 10, 20 years ago that nobody knew about. That was the time to speak up. 
you know, other than that, boom, once it was done, nothing in history or whatever could, could stop it. You had to move forward with the marriage. Now we really don't do that anymore because, you know, with background checks and it's so easy to get information through the phone and the internet, we really don't, uh, don't need to do that. But yeah, when you step up there on your wedding day, you should know or not it, uh, is, is what we're about to do. Will God bless it? Will God sanctify Will God sanctify it? Have we disclosed what we need to to each other, to our families, and to our pastor? And if you have, you will feel a witness of the Spirit on that platform, wherever you are, outdoors, under a tree, during those vows, and that pronouncement that, yes, this is a real deal. That's why I really, couples are trying to write their own vows. I hate that. It's never anything good. It's always about something dumb. You know, it's sweet, it's kind, but it's not really anything about vowing our lives. It's about when we first danced and when we first smiled and maybe our first fight. And yeah, those aren't vows. Those, those are memories. Share those at the reception. That's great. No, the man of God has the vows for you to say. The man of God knows what needs to be said in the presence of the Lord, in the presence before all. That's how it is. You, you want to have God at your wedding? Yeah, you got to have good vows and you got to be able to say those vows. You can't be bound to somebody else. You, got, you have to be completely free to be uh, married, all of that. So, yeah, I believe in lawful marriage, but then I also believe in unlawful marriage. And the in, at least in the New Testament, the first case of unlawful marriage occurred when John rebuked Aunt Herod Antipas. He said, it is unlawful for you to have your brother's wife. See, the, the Herodian family, they were not Hebrew. They were Edomian. They were of the Edomite uh, nations. And Herod, through, uh, uh, you know, political arrangements through Rome, took uh, power over Judea, over all the, the provinces, Galilee, uh, Judea, uh, the other surrounding ones, uh, De- De- Decapolis, all, all of them, you know, around there, they became uh, the governors of the land. And Antipas was, out of all Herod's sons, was probably the most powerful, the most political. Well, he divorced his wife because he had a thing for Herodias, his sister-in-law, Philip's wife. And what he did, according to outside biblical history, is Antipas, through extortion, threatening the life of Philip and threatening his political reign, said, if you don't give me Herodias, if you don't divorce your wife and give her to me, I'm going to kill you. I'll kill everything. I'll take control. You know, and Philip feared and he, and he went along with it. You know, he found out she was having an affair, probably angered him, but you know, he loved her and he wanted to stay bound to her, you know, but he did it for fear of his life and his children's life, his kingdom. He divorced her and said, fine, go marry Antipas. And it happened. Well, you know, this was a political move and, you know, many, uh, you know, of the Greco Roman culture and, and certain of the Sadducees applauded it. And ah, Anipus, ah, this is a wonderful marriage. Well, John was a, a preacher and teacher of the way and came to prepare the way of the Lord and, uh, w- uh, you know, came to reestablish, you know, the proper order of the priesthood and the, and the proper order of righteousness. And it was done uh, beginning with a baptism of repentance. And he had no problem with uh, calling out sin. And God raises up ministries like that to this day. And, uh, you know, God does that. You hear them, they preach it from the pulpit, they're on social media. I wouldn't argue with them if I was you. That's right. God will send trouble your way because when somebody is preaching righteousness and making a call to repentance 
and you argue with them, let me tell you, angels are in the presence of those who repent. Do you want to get angels mad at you? Start mocking somebody who makes a call to repentance. That's right. Watch your life fall apart. Just being serious. That's not a threat. That is a wise warning. Is something I've observed. So John goes to Antipas Herod and says, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. It's, it's according to Leviticus 18. You, know, you can't marry your brother's wife for any reason. The only reason you, you could was, uh, you know, if, she, if you had a brother that died and left no children to his wife, you would then take the wife into your household, married her and, ra- and raise up children in your brother's name and your brother's stead. Matter of fact, in the lineage of Jesus, that did happen. There, there, there is that. There won't go into that, but it's there. It's that's how they practiced it in the Old Testament. But yeah, is that really the? Is that going to be a sanctified marriage in the eyes of God? A man starts having an, an affair with his sister-in-law, and then through extortion, uh, gets his brother to divorce his wife. You know, which you could do. You know, in the Old Testament law, Moses bill of divorcement for adultery. You know, and then, but he did it. You know, unwillingly. It wasn't his desire. He did it because he feared for his life, gave his, his ex-wife then to his brother. Okay, this is where you have Jesus saying things like, Moses, for the hardness of your hearts, let you write up a bill of divorcement. Meaning Moses, to keep the peace in Israel with all of the craziness going on in the wilderness, you know, just trying to keep a, a people in a kingdom together to enter the promised land was not going to argue with stiff-necked and, and hard-hearted people concerning marriages. You know, it's, it's like, fine. You know, to avoid more stoning and more death, fine. You know, it's it's all on you. But Jesus said, I don't endorse that unless for uh, sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. Well, here you have Antipas. There was sexual immorality there, but there was no agreement there on Philip's part. So it was an unlawful, unsanctified marriage. Essentially, if you want to get a divorce to this day, and the reason is to marry another, Jesus says that's adultery. That is adultery. To end your current marriage because you want to go be with somebody else and, and for a pretense before all, you know, uh, look good. And you see this happen. Somebody divorces and then a month later they're with somebody else. They get married. Uh, not favorable in the eyes of the Lord. Not favorable in the eyes of the church. Not favorable uh, in, in the eyes of the Lord. That's, that's what Antipas did. So, but it, it's best to stay out of people's business, you know, with that. It's really between them and God. Just be peaceable with people. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Unless you're called of God, you have no business doing what John the Baptist did. That was a call of God. And then and then look what happened. He got thrown in prison and beheaded. So, you, you got to be sure you're called to do that. I, I wouldn't be, you know, if you see somebody married on Facebook and you're, you blow up Facebook, you know how wrong it is or whatever. Uh, you don't need to be passing those judgments. That you, leave, you need to leave that up to men of God. And they're not going to do it in public. They're going to do it in private. Okay? So uh, there are cases of un- unlawful marriage, and it's, it's on the people. It's between them and God. A marriage is a family thing. Marriage is a, is a personal thing. And we need to keep peace with people in our churches, our neighbors, uh, about it. So, yeah, speak once and then forever hold your peace. That's all you got to do. 
Okay. So I believe in a lawful marriage. I believe in unlawful marriage. I do believe in lawful divorce. <laughs> and then I do believe in unlawful divorce. And, and a good case of that is the, the uh, dysfunction of the Herodian family. Ugh. Yeah, there are people out there that don't believe in divorce. You know, well, uh, did you know God divorced? God, God is divorced. Read the book of Jeremiah. Multiple times. God says to the prophet, I have divorced Israel because of adultery. That's right. God divorced Israel because Israel went after other lovers, other gods. And that's why Jesus said it. Divorce for uh, any reason, except uh, you, you can only divorce for one reason. That is sexual immorality. For the same reason, God divorced Israel. But I'm just saying all of that just to establish what we're talking about here in the moment when a marriage is sanctified on your wedding day at your vows. You know, the vows are lawful. That is when the presence of God manifests. So let's talk about ways to make your wedding day special and maybe some signs. Maybe you might want to hold off and, you know, get things right because a wedding takes preparation. Very rarely do you see quick weddings anymore. The only time a quick engagement, a quick wedding really works is when, you know, people are like 47, 48, 52, 56 years old. They've never been married. They go to a conference. You know, they both find out, oh, we're both called to, to you know, to be missionaries in Utspats und Katsanwanistan, you know, way across the ocean. And, you know, we, <laughs> you know, they just get married quick and it's just a beautiful thing. They live happily ever after. I like that. That is a beautiful thing. That is sweet. But. For the most part, it's not like that. It's 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 hard to leave where you are and to join somebody, and it takes time and it takes planning, all that. So, a, a sign that your wedding day needs to be put on hold is if your wedding day is very secretive. <laughs> the old saying: "Secrets don't make friends." If if you're marrying in secret, that's because there's chaos around it. There is calamity from it. And I guess people out there think if we marry in secret and after we're married and everybody finds out we're married, no, nobody's going to cause me any problems. Oof. If there's problems before your secretive wedding, there's going to be problems after your secretive wedding. That's the way it works. So uh, what do you have to hide? It, it, why, why should a marriage be hidden? Why should a marriage be hidden? You know, it, you need to do this right. And it, it needs to be done with witnesses. And it needs to be done with blessing. That's how you get God to move in your wedding. I guess if you don't want God on your wedding day, that's fine. Be secretive. You know, go down to the court, get it done, go to Vegas, whatever. It's your business. I'll love you. I'll pray for you. But uh, do you want God on your wedding? Don't do that. You want God bef- You want God on your wedding? It needs to be done with witnesses, friends, family, man of God. This the secret thing is. Um, it, it, it you just God's usually not in it. He just isn't. Maybe a few here and there they are. And you, of course, you can have a, a, you know, people that elope can have a wonderful marriage. It's not very common. But the goal is a healthy relationship on a wedding day. And a healthy relationship results with God being there and everybody being there. Okay. All right. Uh, I wouldn't do a wedding day without the blessing. Very important. I, I emphasize that. I stress that you, people nowadays don't want to obtain favor. People nowadays just want to be promoted uh, based upon, you know, sometimes their race, sometimes their name, sometimes their status. And that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. You are only promoted based upon the favor of God and the favor of mankind. 
and you want people's blessing, you've got to earn trust. You know, Jesus said, you will know men by their fruit. He also said, don't judge. And so many people emphasize that. Don't judge. Let people do what they want. Everybody's okay. Don't you judge. Don't judge. Don't judge. Totally taking that passage out of context. You will know people by their fruit. And you got to bring forth good fruit. John the Baptist taught that before Herod the schmuck beheaded him. Herod's in hell to this day, by the way. John is in paradise, and I cannot wait to meet him someday. Amen. The man of God who stood up for lawful marriage. And I'm here to this day in 2021 standing up for the same thing. Yet you need the blessing of God, and you get that through lawful marriage, the blessing of the pastor. You do that through properly courting, through properly dating, through properly preparing your life for marriage. Uh, Become employable. Uh, Have a place to live. A nice place to live. A place appropriate for a family. A place appropriate definitely for your first year of marriage. Okay? Do it right. You also, uh, let's get to some uh, minor details here about the presence of God at your wedding. Uh, Your ceremony needs to be about God. I'm not saying have church. You know, weddings need to be weddings. Funerals need to be funerals. I get it. You know, if you're if you're one of the people that want people getting the Holy Ghost at your wedding, that's fine. <laughs> but really, the wedding needs to be about the bride and groom. You know, the same way with the funeral. You know, it's about honoring uh, the deceased and, and comforting those who grieve. But hey, the Holy Ghost breaks out. You want that? Uh, that that's your business. Okay. We really don't do that around here at our local church. Very rare does you know a move of God happen. A move of God happens in worship service. Come on, somebody. All right. So, but your ceremony needs to be about God and you do it right. You do it in the spirit of peace and God will be there. Uh, your music. I, t- I told you we need to be getting away from uh, music and <laughs> start playing podcast in the wedding. Of course, I'm kind of being silly, but hey, why not? But uh, the music needs to be good, good songs. I'm not saying you need to have a worship song in your wedding. You know, a love song is, is appropriate. You know, some with a good message and a lot of music, romance music nowadays, it's not about marriage. It's about hooking up. Do you want to have a hookup song at your wedding? Is that what you and your husband are doing? Hooking up? No. So typically the older music was about love, fidelity, marriage, all of that. Great wedding day stuff. The the old stuff is good. So, and then you need to have an anointed singer singing it. Okay. Somebody's gifted. Somebody who uh, uh, is used of God. Uh, Your, your backslidden cousin, uh, getting out there, getting up there with her uh, thighs and cleavage hanging out, trying to trying to sing a romance song. Yeah, God ain't gonna move. It's gonna it's gonna be awkward. You know, she's been backslidden for fifteen years and tries to get in the old anointing she had. And she's raising up her arm, you know, with her with her, with her with her collarbone and her big fat shoulder and her hideous armpit hanging out, and, and the the cleavage and the thighs. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. God ain't gonna move. And it's going to make the minister feel uncomfortable and everybody else feel uncomfortable. You know, who cares about your cousin's feelings? I care about how God feels about it. So, yeah, I wouldn't even have any backsliders in your wedding party. I wouldn't have any sinners in your wedding party. You want God? You need to have godly people in your wedding party close by you. That's how it works. It's what I've seen. It's what I've observed. Also, uh, this is important. Tell your wedding party and everyone else there no jokes or foolishness uh, during the wedding ceremony. That's right. 
Don't be blowing the air horns. Uh, don't do that stupid, uh, oh, where's the ring? We're missing the ring. That's not funny anymore. Marriage is serious. Do you really think this is a joke? With all of the divorce out there and the infidelity out there, it's, it's no time to joke anymore. Do you think God's there to joke? Do you think the pastor's there to joke? It's stupid. So uh, grooms, get your groomsmen together and say, guys, we're going to have fun the night before. We're going to have fun during the reception. But during this ceremony, don't none of you uh, do anything stupid. I'll never speak to you again. I, you know, this is me and me and the bride. This is serious. This is our day. We want God to be there. So no fooling around. Do what you're supposed to do and smile and, and be happy for us. Okay. You get, you got to do that. I'm, I'm serious. I've seen people do the air horns uh, during the vows. Uh, some guys pulled out these stupid looking masks and put them on. You know, vows are sacred. That's when God, you want God to move. You got to have that. That's all. Uh, couples are getting away from big weddings, even before COVID, uh, getting away from big weddings. And I, I like this. I think simple, classy weddings is a good new trend that is emerging in these days. You know, it used to be invited everybody, you invited your whole church, you invited all the churches, you invited everybody and everybody came and you end up spending a bunch of money on a bunch of people that you don't even know and don't, they don't even really care about you, that you're not even a part of their same world. You know, then you got the wedding crash. Now, people there, you need to have people that you really care about. That's who you want to send an invite to. And that is who you want there. You want God there. You want it to feel special. You want it to feel memorable. You want no problems. That's how you do it. Uh, I don't care if you're related to them. If they're drama and stupid and they're going to show up drunk, they're not invited. Uh, You you got that uncle who's a pervert. Uh, Don't invite him. I wouldn't have him there. Who cares? They can get over it. Whatever. That's all. Make it about God. Make it about church. Make it about your Bible. Make it about each other. Weddings are important. Mankind began in the Bible with a wedding. That's right. Jesus' first miracle. Uh, it, wasn't a, it, it wasn't at a house. It wasn't at a get-together. It was at a wedding. And, and what does the Bible story end with? A wedding. Weddings, weddings, weddings. God loves weddings. Uh, Jesus likened his return to a wedding. You know, the 10, ten virgins. Uh, weddings were seasonal. It was during this, uh, the springtime. And, and that's what it happens to us to this day. You know, engagements typically happen between Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day. That's when people get engaged, usually somewhere around in there. And then people usually get married from Mother's Day to Labor Day. That's how it works. And that's how it worked kind of back then. Usually it was early spring when people got married. And the girls who were espoused, they would put them all together in the same house so they all could have that positive energy off each other. We're all getting married, getting excited, you know, and not have the, the drama of the mother, the mother-in-law. <laughs> it was all the bridesmaids all together. And, you know, back then they really didn't have set days. They had set seasons. This is the season we're going to get married. And soon as the father and son had the house prepared and ready to go for a wedding, you know, the heavy preparation, you know, you, you, you got into it ready to go. As soon as that was done, hey, get the wagon, get the, get, get the donkey, let's go. And they'd show up late at night, and the girls knew it was coming. They know the day, didn't know the hour, but they knew it was coming. So you had to have your lamps ready, your dress ready, all of that. And, and uh, you got married that night, and you celebrated, and you lived happily ever after. So yeah, some were foolish, some were uh, wise. 
But Jesus likens his return to a wedding, so Jesus loves weddings. You want a healthy relationship wedding day? Make it about God. Not your cousin with the cleavage. I'm Justin Gleason. Time for some listener feedback. I do this pod for God. I, I will always make this about God. It's for his name. It's for his word. It's all about him and we're accomplishing that. And secondly, I do it for you. I, I love listeners. Uh, if, if you see me somewhere, come up and talk to me. Let me know you listen. I want to hear about you. And and I love, I love getting messages from people. I, I love getting DMs from people. Just let me know what these episodes mean to you and just what's happening in your life. I, I love that. It's the way to uh, to stay in touch and it really lets me know where you're where you're at. So t- please take time to contact me. I'd love to hear from you. We picked up some phenomenal reviews on Apple Podcast. Sheepdog48 says, I listen to it daily at work. These episodes really motivate me in my walk with God. Keep them coming. Justo James, bro James Jr. Jameis, if I'm saying that wrong, please forgive me, bro. He says, definitely a podcast that will make you adjust some stuff in your life. Hmm. According to the will and purpose of God for you. Very thankful for Pastor Gleason. Kev Dietmeyer. Dittmeyer. Not sure how you pronounce your name, man. Sounds like a cool name. Dietmeyer. Fantastic apostolic content, Brother Gleason. He presents truth in every episode, whether you like it or not. Gleason scream. <laughs> Thank you, sir, for always screaming in the mic. Things I would love to scream in public. <laughs> Katie Hildebrand. She says, I love listening to this podcast. Such great content that needs to be talked about more often. It is finally getting out there. I will say that when he goes from talking to preaching, (laughs) it has made me jump a time or two. Wow. I I love hearing that people listen to this while they work. Uh, Podcast listeners were different than YouTube people. Uh, We we get stuff done. We're not couch potatoes. I'm just really glad to hear that people listen to this while they're they're working, uh, getting stuff done, doing their dishes, vacuuming, and mowing the grass uh, while, while they're traveling. And it's while they're, they're getting something done and getting some good information, you know, on the go. I, I have yet to hear back from somebody that says, man, I do this. I, I listen to you when I do nothing, man. I listen to you, man. Just eat Cheetos and chill, man. You know, I love the couch, man. I love, I, I love Justin Gleason in the couch, man. Yeah. 
No, it's for people that get stuff done. That's right. Very productive people. Uh, life adjustments. That is a phenomenal compliment. This stuff has helped people adjust their life, and it has. It sure has. Uh, life is short. Make it all about God, and this podcast will definitely uh, get in your face and motivate you to do it. Do I yell? Yes, I yell. I yell. I, I can't help it. I get emotional. I can't help it. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? Preachers yell. And you know, some of our bumper music, uh, the, the, the singers, they yell. Okay, yelling's a part of life. Uh, yelling's a good thing. Jesus yelled. Everybody yells. And, and uh, the people love it. So yeah, yelling is, is a beautiful thing. Okay, on over to some uh, direct feedback. Uh, let's see here. Spirit uh, to my email, spiritsignaljg, gmail.com. On April 7th, JF sent me a message saying, I recently discovered your podcast and have been greatly blessed by it. I listened to it while at work. I am from Frankfort, Kentucky and attend the One Way Apostolic Church. Keep the podcast coming. It really motivates me daily with my walk with God. It's from John Fields. I could say his name. I'm sure he, he wouldn't mind. Kentucky. I like Kentucky. God bless you, Brother John. I have Scott and Amanda S. on Facebook. April 20th said, hey, Brother Gleason, I just found your podcast. Thanks to the Truth Radio app. Oh, yeah. It's been a struggle to find something wholesome <laughs> to listen to while I'm at work. So I just wanted to say I appreciate what you're doing. Great content. I connect very well with your boldness and straightforwardness. Now you know you've got a supporter all the way up here in Kenai, Alaska. God bless. You know what, Scott and Amanda, God bless you all. I'm so glad that you find this podcast to be wholesome. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Kentucky, Alaska, we got great listeners. Which one are we going to do next here? I can't get, I can't, all right, one more. We'll do three. This one, okay, this one's interesting. Okay, when I first started using Instagram, I, I didn't like the, the story thing. I, I thought it was just weird. Well, the past few months, I've gotten into it. Uh, you can generate a lot of great interaction with it. You know, I don't, I don't do anything cool and creative. You know, I don't uh, make my eyebrows long or put like hearts and sparkles or unicorns, any of that. But a lot of you, especially you girls, and it's really sweet. It's really cute. And, and my daughter likes to see that. It, it's, it's really nice. Well, I was doing, doing the, the uh, story thing, and I came across somebody's story. And what's funny is I was craving an affogato. It, it, was, it, it was just one of those nights. I just was like, ooh, I would love to have an affogato. You know what an affogato is? It's, it's uh, ice cream with uh, espresso on it. Oh, it's the best. Uh, forget chocolate, forget caramel, forget nuts, forget sprinkles. The best topping on ice cream is espresso. It's wonderful. And I was scrolling through a story and I saw this lady. She posted a picture of an affogato she was about to eat. And I went, whoa, oh man, does that look good? So I just had to, I just had to message and say, is that an affogato? You know, I, it's the first time I'd ever messaged anybody on story. I didn't even know what was going to happen. And she responds back and she says, yes. I'm like, oh, I got to have one. So yeah, I went, uh, went and I didn't have an actual affogato. I went and made, I don't have an espresso machine. I need to get one. But I, I, I make Turkish coffee, which is wonderful. It's my favorite way to have coffee. And I made a, a Turkagato, a Turkish affogato. <laughs> and oh, it was so good. And, and uh, she uh, inspired me. 
And uh, she says, yes, this is an avocado. And she says, also, I love your podcast. Uh, I share it with everyone. You do an incredible job. Very easy to listen to and, and very encouraging. I love your podcast. I share it with everyone. LOL. You do an incredible job. Very easy to listen to and encouraging. I was blown away when I read this. Because uh, this sister, this lady, Sister KB, she is a very classy apostolic girl. She dresses very trendy. She has super cool Instagram stories. She has a phenomenal, substantial following on Instagram. And whenever I make these episodes, that's not who I picture listens to this stuff. I, I think about, you know, dudes, you know, out there mowing our lawns, you know, playing golf, having a good time. My preacher friends. I don't think of a very classy, nice apostolic girls listening to this, but I have found out they do. And it's just so funny to me. You know, these podcasts, and I present unique biblical content that nobody else really talks about. I, I do it in a, in a very unusual way here, you know, just to distinguish myself. I include in my content a lot of sarcastic remarks. Uh, I'm very bombastic in my mood swings and I drink coffee and I, I eat while I talk. And then you got the headbanging music and, and then at times the TV 14 guy humor. I can't get it. But you know what? To all you sweet apostolic girls out there, God bless you for listening. That's right. Uh, it, 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 no more is it about what kind of coffee are you going to have and what kind of gum are you chewing? Oh, no. Our ladies are getting with it to reach this generation. They're focusing on God, Bible, and church. And this this message that we have here on this podcast, uh, it identifies to everyone from, from all of those in Kentucky with size 60-inch pants uh, to those up in Alaska who have polar, polar bears in their backyard. And uh, for those sweet Bible college girls that are just as cool as can be. That's right. You know it. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Justin C. Gleason Podcast. That was for you, Kevin Dietmeyer. Okay, lastly, let's get to our stats for April 2021. All around the world, outside of North America, coming in at number three, the Ukraine. Number two, the United Arab Emirates. That's right. God bless you, Arab Emirates. And then number one, France. France is number one. Thank you to our worldwide loyal audience. We love you. God bless you. On up into beautiful Canada. Number three, New Brunswick. Number two, British Columbia. And number one, Ontario is back at number one. Down here into my homeland, the United States of America. Number 10, Sweet Home, Alabama. Number nine, Illinois. <laughs> I, you know, it is Illinois, but I like the, the <laughs> these people in Missouri call it Illinois. It's so funny. Missouri is developing its own accent, I swear. No longer are people saying horse, they say harse. They don't say corn, they say carn. 
when it snows. And man, it's been snowing these past few winters. Nobody says snow fort. They say a snow fart. I, I, you think I'm making this up? I'm not. Come on. All you people over there in St. Louis, you know what I'm talking about. And I can feel your laughs right now. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, number eight, Colorado. That's right. They're escaping the bums and the pot smoking out on the street corners. And they're doing so in a safe place with their pods in their ears, listening to Chastin. Number seven, everything is bigger in Texas. Number seven, God's number. Perfect seven, Texas. Nice. Number six, Georgia. Number five, Florida. Number four, this was shocking, Ohio. Go Ohio. I love Ohio. I was born in Ohio. That's right. My dad uh, began his ministry in Ohio. That's where I was born. I love Ohio. Uh, Number three, California. Number two, Missouri. You dropped. We have theories about that. Listen to our past episodes of what we think about it. Number one, back up into beautiful Michigan. So thank you, everyone, for great stats in the month of April. Thank you for your phenomenal feedbacks, your reviews, your ratings, your sharings, all of those things. I love you. I'm Justin C. Gleason. For all of you that are about to get married, I wish you very well. Have a move of God. I love you. We'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 